0: Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part four of his teaching, 2020, the year of forward vision.
1: Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. 2020, the year of forward vision. This would be part four, and we're going to center in on overcoming opposition. Amen. So, we've been revisiting some of the vision concepts that we laid out in the message I delivered the last Sunday of 2019. And as I've already mentioned, I called it 2020, the year of forward vision. And one of the key points in the outline of that message was that 2020 would be a year of waking up. A year of overcoming opposition. So I want to take some time this morning to develop that concept a little bit more fully than I was able to at that time. Amen. I want to start by sharing a testimony, sort of kick this off, a testimony of something that happened to me last Sunday morning. I was laying in the bed right before dawn, and as is the custom of the Holy Spirit, many times he will show me what I call a morning flash. It's a vision that lasts maybe three, five, seven, eight seconds, and I see something in the Spirit. So I'm laying in the bed waiting for the alarm to go off because I know it's close. And I heard a voice speak to me. It's about time you woke up. And then seconds later, my phone alarm went off. And I got up and said, that was very curious. What are you trying to tell me, Lord? I realized that's pretty easy to discern. I need to wake up to some things. So I pondered it for the rest of the day. And then Monday morning, something very similar happened. Right about the same time, I heard a voice. I'm laying in bed. I'm I'm in that transition between sleep and awake. And I hear the same voice say the same thing. It's about time you woke up. And then I heard an alarm go off. Only this time, I had not set an alarm on my phone. But I heard an alarm. And the Lord said, wake up. I said, all right, this is twice that you've said this to me. So, Lord, you're showing me something. And I began to pray in the spirit. And he said, I want you to be more aware of your spiritual surroundings. So that you know and discern when the enemy is moving against you and against your family and against your church. So I want you to be more alert It's not that I don't know about the spirit realm. I see into it often. But the Lord was exhorting me to be vigilant, to be more alert and to take action when the enemy moved against me. Amen. So it reminded me of the scripture that we used in that very first installment of 2020, the year of Ford vision. And that is in Romans 13, verse 11 and 12. And we'll read it in the New King James Version with our new fancy, cool software. Amen. (laughs) And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Now that word salvation is the Greek word soterio. It means salvation, healing, wholeness, deliverance. Preservation from physical harm, it means much more than just the salvation of your soul, just more than just being born again. But the point is, you have to awake to the fact that your salvation is near. Amen? The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So what he's saying is sometimes your salvation is right there. Your salvation, your healing, your deliverance, your wholeness, your preservation from harm. And the enemy is coming to prevent that from happening in your life. And you need to be aware and you need to take action immediately. Say, no, devil, get your hands off my life. Get your hands off my wife. Get your hands off my family. Get your hands off my grandkids. Get your hands off my dogs. Get your hands off my cars. Get your hands off my house. Get your hands off my finances in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every once in a while, you just got to break bad with the devil because he doesn't play fair. And he's always looking for an opening to get to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, just so you know that I'm not taking these scriptures out of context. I do know that the primary context of these scriptures is not to live in darkness now that you're a creature of light, not to serve the devil if you are a saint of God. Okay, but it can also be used to reference spiritual warfare. And I know that from personal experience. Amen. So listen, be aware, be alert. The things that God wants to save you out of may be at peril if the enemy is at work against you. So you need to take appropriate action. Say, no, hands off, hands off my marriage in Jesus name. You need to be alert. First, Peter five, eight in the new King James Version. And be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Let's read another similar scripture, John 10.10. This is Jesus speaking, also in the New King James Version. It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Can I get an amen? So why does Satan seek to devour, to steal, kill, and destroy in the lives of believers? Doesn't he know that whatever happens in this life, we're all going to go to heaven and we're going to come back to rule and reign with Jesus Christ on the earth? Doesn't he know that? Yes, he does know that. And he knows that well. But listen to me, if he can steal your confidence, if he can kill your motivation, if he can destroy your identity in Christ, he can devour your testimony, your calling, and your influence on the world and the people all around you. He can render you ineffective in your walk with him. That way you won't produce any more believers like you or like you want to be. I call it Satan's threat reduction plan. Don't be a victim of that plan. Instead, be vigilant, be alert, be aware of the spiritual atmosphere around you. The minute you sense danger or impending loss in your life or your ministry, use your superior power and authority against Satan and his kingdom. Amen. And that is a perfect segue to remind you of your superior power and authority in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's talk about your power for a few minutes. Romans eight eleven in the King James Version. Sorry for some of you folks that don't like the King James, but sometimes there's a verse that the King James just nails it. And I can't even go to New King James because it's just not the same. This is one of them. Amen. Romans eight eleven in the King James Version. The authorized version. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. Hallelujah. That means... There is devil casting out, universe-creating, resurrection power living on the inside of you if you're born again, if you're filled with the Spirit. Amen? Well, Brother Scott, I want you to explain to me how you got all of that out of that verse. Well, you got to go other places in the Scripture, so just follow my logic here. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty 20, that He cast out devils by the finger of God. Isaiah 48, 13 says God laid the foundations of the earth and he stretched out the heavens with his hand. Isaiah 52, 10 says that the strength of God's arm would bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That's talking about Jesus, what he did in his death, burial, resurrection and ascension. Amen. In other words, God's arm was required to raise Christ from the dead. So follow the logic here. God used his finger to cast out devils. He used his hand to create the universe, but it took his arm to raise Jesus from the dead. Amen. Different levels of power. But I'm here to tell you that all of those levels of power live inside of you if Jesus is your Lord. Amen. You have absolute power. The power of God living on the inside of you. Amen. In fact, that verse, when I read that verse, you know, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. That means make alive your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That means every cell, every organ, every tissue, every part of your body is saturated by the power of God. If you could ever get that revelation, every sickness, every disease, and every pain would wilt in the presence of Almighty God and His Spirit. Amen. They would be incinerated, obliterated, annihilated on contact with the Spirit of God that's living in your body. Amen. Change your mindset to that and watch Satan retreat from you when it comes to sickness, disease, and the things he tries to put on your life. Amen. And your body. Amen. Get your hands off my body, devil, in the name of Jesus. Jesus himself, he took my infirmities, he bore my sicknesses, and with his stripes I was and I am healed. That's 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 16, 17. The three scriptures that I recommend anybody trying to maintain their healing, you got to commit those to memory. You got to make them a part of you. Amen. That's a rabbit path that somebody here needed to hear. Amen. All right, let's talk about your authority. We've already talked about your power. I hope I've built some powerful mental pictures in your heart. Let's talk about your authority. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19 in the New King James Version. All right, a little background here. Jesus had just sent out 70 believers, two by two to 35 different cities in Galilee to prepare them for when He would come to minister in those cities. So they returned to Him. In verse 17, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in Your name. Awesome. Let's keep reading. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Now think about that. What he was basically saying was they said to him, Lord, even the devil's. Uh, Have to obey us when we use your name. Jesus said, Jesus said, Yeah, I'm familiar with that kind of authority. Me and the Father used that when we cast the devil and his angels out of heaven long ago. So you use that authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Those are metaphors for demonic spirits. You can step on them like you step on a snake if you're brave enough. (laughs) You can step on them like a scorpion or a spider. They're metaphors for demonic spirits. And when you step on something, it implies strongly that they are under your feet. Amen. Glory to God. Notice also that Jesus gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. No exceptions. No caveats. He gave you authority over all the enemy, all the power of the enemy. The enemy does have power, but he has absolutely no authority to use it against the born again saint of God. No authority. And listen, this may be hard to get your arms around, but the Bible says Jesus said he can't harm you in any way. Imagine if you really believe that how much less suffering you'd have to undergo. How many people would not have suffered an untimely death or a demonically inspired accident that hurt or maimed them for life if they just believed nothing shall by any means harm me. Amen. You know, when I went in combat back in the 80s, my wife and I were newlyweds. We didn't know when I got on that aircraft carrier that a week later I was going to be in a shooting war. Airplanes would be shot down. Three of my friends were killed. Pilot buddies of mine down in the island of Grenada. We got diverted there by President Ronald Reagan to put down a Cuban-led revolt against the legitimate government of Grenada. We didn't know that was going to happen. But the months before I was going out on that cruise, we were both impressed by the Spirit of God to zero in on Psalm 91 and just claim that protection over my life. And my wife prayed that over me, and one week later, I was in a shooting war, and there were times I came this close to death. I don't have time to share it. But, you know, flying helicopters in combat over water and over jungle, 50 feet off the ground, is uh, very dicey and very dangerous. Thank God He delivered me, and I am here today to preach to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unless you're ignorant of your authority and allow Him to harm you. Amen. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9 in the New King James Version. This is Paul speaking, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost for a great and effective door has opened to me. And there are many adversaries on one of his missionary journeys. Paul ended up at Ephesus and perceived in his spirit that a huge door of opportunity to make inroads for the gospel in the city of Ephesus had opened up to him. But he was also aware that there would be many adversaries. The city was infested with demons and demon worship. He knew he would face opposition in the city of Ephesus. Remember, if you're doing anything great for God, you can count on it. You will face opposition. Don't be naive, so don't be surprised. Just be ready for it. Now, I'm not suggesting that you look for demons under every rock and under every tree and live a life of paranoia. You know, like, I used to be paranoid, man, until I figured out everybody really was after me. (laughs) What I am suggesting is that you maintain an alert posture When it comes to the spiritual atmosphere around you, that's different from paranoia. Did y'all like that? That's an old joke. Evidently, y'all hadn't heard that one. You liked the dude voice too, didn't you? You know the first mention of dudes in the Bible? Book of Deuteronomy. All right. First Thessalonians 2, verse 17 and 18 in the New King James Version. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Amen. Paul and his company had made travel plans to return to the city of Thessalonica, but each time they tried to go there, Satan hindered them. Now listen, they were called of God and led by the Holy Spirit not only to establish churches, but to visit them regularly, to bolster them, to establish them, and encourage them in the faith. And that part of their calling was actively hindered by the devil. Amen. So if the enemy can't oppose you outright, he'll try to hinder you along the way as you pursue the calling of God that you know he's placed upon your life. It's almost like he's just grabbing at your ankle as you try to run to trip you up, hinder you, prevent you from running your race. Hallelujah. So be ready for it. Listen, learn to recognize it when it happens. If you sense there's some hindering going on, then just stand up and say, I bind every hindering spirit trying to stop me from doing what I'm called to do in Jesus' name. Release your hold. And they have to. They got to obey. Amen. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 12. This is a lengthy passage of Scripture, but it's a perfect illustration of a calling in operation being actively hindered by the devil and using people to do it. Amen. So let's read this. It's a, a real cool story. Acts chapter 13. We're going to read verse 1 through 12 in the New King James Version. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So there was a separation to their calling. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now, when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. Now, I find that ironic. Bar-Jesus is Hebrew for son of Jesus, And this guy's the son of the devil, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Listen, I got to stop there. Truly intelligent people will seek to hear the word of God. Amen. But Elemas, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them. Seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Listen to this. This is awesome. And said, oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Here we see, listen to this, here we see that Paul and Barnabas were separated under their calling by the Holy Spirit. And they began by sailing through the Mediterranean and ended up at a place called Paphos on the island of Cyprus. There the proconsul of Paphos desired to hear the word of God, but a sorcerer named Elemas actively interfered as they tried to minister the gospel to this important government leader. It's easy to see why the enemy would oppose them in this situation because he was the leader of the people of Paphos. If you can get the leader turned on to the gospel, you can get the people turned on to the gospel. And he was trying to stop that, amen, through the power of the devil. If he got saved, it would be the key to getting a large number of people there in Paphos saved, amen. So evidently, I got the impression that Paul tolerated this hindering spirit for a short while, but then the Spirit of God stirred on the inside of him and he took control of the situation. He prophesied that the hand of the Lord would be on Elemis and that he would be blind for a season. In an ironic twist, he blinded the man who tried to blind the eyes of Sergius Paulus. Isn't that awesome? You're going to reap what you sow, pal. You'll be blind for a little while, and they'll have to lead you around like a child. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what? It's tempting to say, well, that was Bible days, and that was the Apostle Paul. But we're coming back to those days where those who actively oppose the gospel will be dealt with. It will be dealt with in the government sphere, in the public sphere, and even in your life you may be called upon by the Spirit of God to do something like this in the very near future. You shall be dumb for three days because you oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about dumb as lack of intelligence. I'm talking about you won't be able to speak. The other goes without saying, right? Listen, if you oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's the very definition of dumb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, he blinded the eyes of the man who tried to blind the eyes of Sergius Paulus with the following result. Sergius, a very influential government leader, became a believer. And the entire city of Paphos, no doubt, heard about the power of God operating through Paul, and I believe many believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm looking forward to that happening now in this day and age. God is not only able, but he's willing to pour out his power like that. We need to be open to it. We need to be receptive to it. And we don't need to look at ourselves like we're not worthy. Remember, he made you worthy. He filled you with devil casting out, universe creating, resurrection power. It lives on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. You need to go into any scenario knowing that you have superior power and authority vested on the inside of you. It'll change your whole mindset. When you pray for the sick, when you cast out devils, when you share the gospel, you'll do it in power and you'll do it in authority. Remember they said that about Jesus. They said, "Go, see if you can stop this guy, you know, trip him up somehow." And they They came back and said, ah, nobody ever talked like this guy. He he teaches with such authority. Basically, they were saying there was so much authority and power when he spoke, they were rendered ineffective. They could not oppose him. The same can be said of you if you'll trust in the power and the authority of God that is in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So as we press further into the year 2020, let's wake up to the reality of the spirit world around us. As we follow God's plan for our lives, we will face opposition from time to time. Now, I say time to time because I want to provide a little bit of balance. I want to emphasize the point that Satan and his minions, dare I say minions, cannot be everywhere at once like God. They're not all powerful and all knowing like God either. They do have limited resources and cannot attack you nonstop, although sometimes it feels like they are. Amen? They don't have the resources to keep it up for very long. So you need to resist at the first sign the enemy is coming against you. You need to use your superior power and authority to silence the lies and the maneuvers of the enemy. Amen. So when you do face opposition, remember this scripture when it happens. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Again, in the authorized King James Version. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always causes us to triumph in Christ. Again, there are no exceptions With God, you can bat a thousand. Every time you get up to bat, you get a hit. Amen. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, I know that's King Jamesian, so I'm going to break it down and I'm going to let you know what that means in light of this scripture and all the other things we've talked about this morning if you stay alert and use your God-given power and authority when the need arises, you'll always overcome the opposition and you'll always carry the sweet smell of God's presence everywhere you go. Amen? Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed Part 4 of Dr. Forrest's message, 2020, The Year of Forward Vision. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship, 10.30 for worship and service, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for spirit-filled prayer. If you would like to learn more about us and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.